<laughs> and there we go. Okay. Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls for what week is this? The week of uh, the 25th. Week of the 25th. Uh, we're at the end of August, end of the summer. And you know what? Comics are not heating up. They're not. <laughs> um, <laughs> was it, was it the, the fall of comics? Well, it's just because, like, I feel like the <laughs> options for this week and next week ha- are oh. the absolute most interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, next next week's is, looking a little little t- rough. Oof, next week is, like, the fourth week. Yeah. It's, it's the fifth week. Um, really, oh, I guess it would be the fifth week, yeah. Yeah. This, this felt like a fourth week. Next week is the yeah. fifth week. Yeah. But... I, we've got some we've got some interesting books to talk about tonight. Say hello, by the way, as you join us. Uh, say hello if you're watching this not live. If you're watching this on YouTube, say hello. If you're watching us live on Twitch, say hello. And if you're not, you should join us live on Twitch every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern for this show, 10:15 uh, a.m. Eastern for the main show. Patreon.com slash the comics pals is where you can support the show for as little as three dollars a month. Get access to our newsletter. Um, this was Kale's week. We'll talk more about that on Saturday on the main show. Um, book club, our Batman White Knight and Curse of the White Knight book club will be out September 4th. Oh, shit. so yeah, two look Tuesdays. for that. Two Tuesdays. Yeah, you've got time to read it. You've got time. So Wait, go ahead and do that. September 6th. September 6th? Am I crazy? Yeah, Tuesday. Probably. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, September 6th. My Fool! Bad. Dude, it's been it's September already, and I haven't gone to the beach at all. What am I doing? Yeah, well, wake me up when September ends. Hey. Let's, let's, let's talk about the books that we're going to be re- reviewing today. We've got Judgment AXC, Judgment Day, number three. By the way, they put the best girl up front, didn't they? That Jean Grey cover. Oh. Look only there were variants. Hey, the only other variant that Midtown had also was a Jean Grey cover. So I should have bought both, but I was being cheap. Um, <laughs> Tales of the Human Target, number one, which content aside, I'm questioning why this book had to exist. Um, human Target mm-hmm. comes back literally next month. So this isn't really like a stopgap. Yeah. Maybe this should have come out a month ago, you know? Like- yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Maybe it was delayed. I don't know, but it's it's weird. Um, Detective Comics, what number is this? Because there are so many. Uh, 1063. Rom B, boy. And Rom V number two. We got Swamp Thing. 16. Oh, you got the right oh, there. That's a good cover. That's oh, good. thank you. Is that Brian Boland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank oh. you. I'm glad you like it. You put that Bol- back up. Boland don't miss. Yeah. Boland don't miss. Oh, that's hot. That's yeah, good. man. Parliament of Gears behind him, too. How old is Boland? I don't know. He's been doing 97. It. <laughs> yeah, a little younger than Kale, somewhere, somewhere in between there. Honestly, like Bol- Boland and Alex Ross, those are like my top two cover artists, I think. Really, Alex Ross top is just such, Well, they're in they're in the top. I'll put them in the top ten. I'm not really thinking about it too hard right now, but they're definitely some of my top favorites. Okay, 
Uh, Matt says, why did I resubscribe on a Swamp Thing episode? It's the last Wasn't, one. Yeah, this is the finale. Don't you want to hear our yeah. final thoughts about Swamp Thing? What did you think? We, we were going to read all of the Swamp Thing and then not do the end? Do you think we're just going to edge it and then blue ball Swamp Thing? No. <laughs> Green ball Swamp Thing. Oh, well, uh, speaking of blue balls, let's talk about AXE Judgment Day. Number curious three. to see where that segue goes. <laughs> uh, that's just how it feels when I read a comic centered around Jean Grey. <laughs> he just feels a little cucked. Anyway. I'm touching that at all. Keep going. Last issue we saw. Sean is. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's the problem. Uh, last issue we saw the birth of the progenitor. Not Arishem. So I was wrong about that. Um, but we've got this new celestial who has decided he's going to judge every single living being on Earth. Every every person out is getting judged. Damn, me and you, bud. Yeah, listen, man. Dude, this, is, this, is, this guy's just doing what I do when I sit on a bench in Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this asshole walking by. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> who would survive among us? Who would be judged worthy? None Nobody. of us. No? no I think I'd be all right. You pick your nose with your big with your with your index finger. Your pinky. My index finger. I'm, a, I'm not a monster. <laughs> All right. I've got to work for those food, boogers, man. What kind of fast food do you like eating, Cal? Sorry. What kind of fast food do you like eating? Oh, Wendy's. Wendy's okay. all day. Oh yeah, yeah. I like Chick Fil A. Um, right to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So this is Kieran Gillen on the words, Valerio Schiti on the art, Martha Gracia did the colors here, and Clayton Cowles did the letters. So this was, uh, I thought this was much better than issue two. I enjoyed this a lot more. Um, It took me a little while because there were a lot of words on some pages, like, look at this. Double page spread. This is the Quiet Council having a conversation in psychic space. Mm-hmm. And it is completely bombarded with word balloons. It's absurd. When did psychic, I, psychic space look like the Oscars? All white. <laughs> uh-huh. All white. Uh, how, how is that for a data joke? My, uh, my only opinion about this book really is that it it was it felt noisy i got to that psychic space and i just like it felt like things were screaming in my head mm-hmm. mm. yeah i i agree there was this was the first i think time that i've felt in this book there's just too much going on in a page like the art had no space a lot of the time and even in moments where we wanted to see like action um so they would just be obscured uh and it's frustrating to watch when you have you know pretty good artists uh colorists on board but there was one in particular that was really egregious for me where it for a second it looked like a caption panel at the very top of the panel it's where um tony is talking with sinister and then the text bubble continues i'm like oh shit that wasn't a caption that was just somebody continued to have dialogue and at that point, I was just like, "All right, I'm, I'm falling asleep at the, at this book." Um, so there is more action. There's more battle, and I feel similarly disengaged with that as yeah. I did last issue. 
Uh, we do get Eternals versus X-Men here because the X-Men are like, hey, and, and that was, I think, the best part of this book. I think that Same, yeah. that the, the story and the twist are actually really good. Um, the X-Men yeah. decide that they need to kill uh, the, the new Celestial. And it's all based around this this lie um, that Destiny tells them, which I was surprised by. And I think that's going to have ripple effects uh, potentially going forward. I, I didn't read that as a lie that Destiny mm. told them. I thought it was Sinister telling Destiny something that he didn't have all the pieces for. And he wound up screwing himself and all the X-Men over well, she said she saw the future and that they don't die. Uh, maybe that's hubris then, because like, they didn't die. You know what I mean? Like, it was just a psychic... Uh, what, it's like a scapegoat. What's that What's that? Uh, that Pokemon move where it's like the substitute? Yeah, substitute, yeah. yeah. That was a brilliant play, um, but it, it set the X-Men back. Like, it, it revealed them, <laughs> it, it revealed their hand... Um, I thought that was awesome. When when it turns out that the Celestial starts exploding and Tony's like, oh, I think it's going to be all right. And then everyone on Earth is dead. I was like, wait a second. What the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. Is this the end of Marvel? What happened here? Was that was good. Cool. I, that got me. Yeah. I was I was locked down. I'm like, oh, shit. Wait a minute. Now, where do we go from here? There's three more issues. Like, how do we deal with the aftermath? And then... It doesn't happen, and then you know, people are crying. I'm like, "Oh shit! All right, fine." Yeah, but, don't worry. It's a it's a Marvel book. But then, but then at that point, like the next step feels almost inconsequential in response. Because mm -hmm. we, the, the the plan was okay. We're gonna try this out. It's not gonna work out because it all happened inside the mind of the celestial. Like now, what? And maybe that's I a good. It makes a good position to be yeah. put in. Fair. My my issue, and also something I can kind of like praise the book for. Um, is that I feel like with every issue, the status quo changes, like like what the story is about. Mm. Um, the first issue it was these kaiju. Then it was like, oh, now we need to get this progenitor going. Uh, now this one, it's like, oh, the progenitor is going to now now judge everyone, not based on, you know, humanity as a whole. It's individually and then tallying it. And there's this fight that doesn't actually turn out to be a fight. Um, it almost feels like it feels like a Marvel event book that is trying to be a dumb event like that I like, which again, one of the reasons why I liked Empire about last last year, two years ago. I don't understand time. Um, mm. I like when they're dumb and they're just bombastic and, and fun. Um, but it's also kind of smart, which I'm enjoying about it. Um, because there there is something being told, you know, about, you know, <laughs> the, the part where, where, where Captain America gets judged. I loved that part. Mm, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was Did a you great breakdown to the character. Did you guys catch the Britishism? The shield? No. Captain no. America says, now we have to go tidy this up. Captain oh, America wouldn't say that. No, He's from he fucking Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, man, I, I feel like, you know, you, Tyler, criticized this book for... Or no, 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 that was... You criticized Dark Crisis yeah, for yeah. not moving the plot forward. This and is I feel the like opposite. <laughs> Sorry, this is like the opposite of that. Right. This is the opposite. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, which, like, I'm into what what what's happening, right? But again, it's not character driven. That's, I think, why I'm enjoying Dark Crisis more. I thought this was a good issue, and I really hung on that twist. That was great. Um, but it's just one thing after another that the characters themselves aren't driving forward too much. Like, even to your point, Destiny says, oh, we'll live through this, which technically was true. Sinister makes a decision that causes things to go bad, but they didn't really go bad because it didn't happen. Um so what will be the what will be the lasting impact of anyone's decision making except the judge for the first three issues? You know what I'm saying? Like what is the impact of this going forward? Isn't didn't they also like didn't the progenitor show all the civilians what happened and what the X-Men did? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's the last thing. It's it's this um, public perception, I guess, of what the X Men or what superheroes in general are willing to do without caring about the the um, the everyman in, in that way. I wish I could hang on to that. My only issue, and and the story could prove me wrong. My only issue is that I feel that by the end of this, the resolution is that hey, they're heroes, and they are ultimately worthy or something of that nature whether it's in the eyes of the progenitor or the eyes of the people that's my thought about how this will end okay and if that's the case then that 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 removes the relevancy of what just happened outside of the moment itself if that makes sense but but i think that's why we have the that specific page that's been in every issue with all the civilians you know Mm -hmm. now we we kind of understand these people by issue three and what their their views on the world are and seeing that change, I guess, throughout the next three issues might be how we get invested in that. Because they are the everyday normal person and what their view of superheroes could be. But that still doesn't, like for me, that doesn't feel compelling yet. Because we get, what, a, a few panels of each of these people and we're expected six, six to panels, then, yeah. like, have, like, have an understanding of... The larger role of superheroes or of this um, celestial in terms of their own lives like that that feels like it needs to be expanded out and maybe to your point that's what's happening in the next issue right we're going to start to see the the everyday individual get judged and and how they react to that and that'll be interesting but as of right now i mean they're just there they're taking the pages honestly and dialogue marco's idea right there what marco just said in my mind would make a phenomenal um uh, uh uh shoot what's it called uh frontline a phenomenal oh, frontline i love frontline books i don't know why they don't, they don't do yeah. those anymore frontline is awesome for those of you who are unfamiliar <clears throat> they started with civil war um so you had the main event oh frontline was the companion piece that was the on the ground human level with the reporters but you had ben Urich, you had sally uh, you had um, all these like low to the ground things happening. It's where you got the civilian perspective, and you know it, it wasn't the main event. It was the side dish. They did it for World War Hulk as well. This series, I think, would benefit a lot from something like that because mm-hmm. the world itself is being judged, all of humanity. But then you have these gods fighting each other for your sake, maybe. And I think it would be interesting to see what people think about that. But the way it's being done in this comic book is a nothing burger. 
Yeah. To me. And, and the way the book ends seems like the goal is not like of the everyday person, but instead, how do we influence everyone? <laughs> how do we uh, uh, take that agency away from the everyday person? Instead? That was wild. Disney. Because, uh, I mean, yeah. Well, we see, uh, we see it... Harry Styles at the end there. Yeah. Has it, uh, has it been the same six people through yeah. the um, other three issues? Two issues? Yes. The, the, one of them died in issue two, and you see his wife in... God, fucking spoilers. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, what Marco was describing, and I guess Tyler was probably describing it to a degree, about um, the role of civilians in, in this world, I think Gillen actually did it better in the first volume of Eternals. Hmm. Um, okay. Icarus, um, he pledges to uh, watch over this young boy because uh, you know he gets this vision of him dying or something, and um, he he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna be there. Don't worry." And then the second he's gone, the kid dies, and they find out that it's the Eternal's fault. And to me, that just like that's that's it that's what these all of these people are here for they're here to protect you but the second they turn your turn their back like it's all their fault you know they they have to leave you at some point i i just feel like that was better executed elsewhere at, at the, yeah that is a funny yeah. theme throughout these two though these two gillen pieces what do you mean and I'm curious, like, I wonder if that's what he's going for. Like, like he's trying to expand upon that, what he did in Internals. And I think in, in Internals, too, it's when an Internal dies and they get brought back by the machine, they have to kill a human to do it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So there is, like, a direct um, cause there. Um, and I think they even they even discussed that in the um, tie-in event, tie-in book we read last week. They are like, oh, we can't die because then people will die. Yeah, right? um, yeah, yeah. So that's like the cause of all this it's also worth pointing out that every single thing that's happening right now has nothing to do with human beings like this is that now that now they're all going to be judged and potentially killed because iron man and the eternals and mr sinister decided to make a machine a celestial god and now they're all going to die Mm-hmm. Also, like, not the people I would choose to make a god, you know? Like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, Tony, but like, sinister. These oh, assholes man. watch. These assholes watch Age of Ultron. Did they see Ultron? <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's why Hank Pym's not there. Well, listen, there's not, a, there's, there's not much difference between Tony. The difference between Tony and Hank Pym is a slap. Yeah, he's also abused. <laughs> yeah. The art's good here. Uh, I really like... I mean, look, Marta Gracia has earned his position in the annals of comic book colorists since the X-Men stuff kicked off. Um, Before that, too, the amazing Spider-Man run uh, that he had with Giuseppe Comuncoli, he was great on that as well. But this is another level, and um, it's amazing to be watching him work. But Valerio Schiti is no slouch either. I love um I love his art. I love these. I don't know if you guys can really tell what I'm pointing at, but like these ring 
beams that they mm-hmm. they kind of do. They do it with Cyclops a lot when he uses his powers. It's it's kind of it's this action sequence right here where um where uh, why do I always forget this guy's name uh, Exodus where he's crushing <laughs> um, Icarus. Yeah, but I just I love those. Those are really cool. Um, the action just looks so so like dynamic and fun. It's really good. I especially like the the pages where you see X Men just dying. Like there's like a a, a background pat, like scene where Beast just gets stabbed in the heart by uh, yeah there is by Athena um, and Icarus. Was it magic that he just splits in two? Was you know? that who that was? I couldn't tell who it was, but I was yeah. trying to base it on where he was flying in the panel above. Um, I couldn't tell who it was. Either that or either that or Firestar. It's, it's a little hard to tell. But like X Men are just getting killed left and right here. Um, Domino was cut in half at one point in one of the one of the shots. So uh, playing with that too is fun because I don't think we really played with the X Men as cat and fodder uh, as much as we have in this event. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I'm feeling that too much. You don't like people getting jobbed out without explanation? No. Because no, <laughs> it's like, it's so frustrating because you know that if they didn't have this ability to die at will, they just wouldn't be dying. You know, like it's, it's, they're, they're, ta- they're, they're actively removing the importance of death and they're like reveling in it. Um, and that's, that's frustrating to me. There's that one beat where, uh, was it Emma that's like, hey, uh, let the, let the, let people know we need more Xavier's. Yeah, like you're just ordering like, an Xavier, like you're at Chick fil A. Like, make more than one, like you have the ability to, right? Uh, make him a uh, peach flavor, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, pull this was this was solid. Uh, it's not, you know, this event still isn't lighting me on fire, but it's it's getting better. Yeah, pull it's fun. I pull it. All right. So let's talk about what was supposed to be a, you know, palate cleanser, a holdover for those of us who are missing the human target, which I think um, from the beginning of it, from issue one until the hiatus uh, in issue six, was one of the best books on the stands. Um, Human target has been fantastic. And... um, can't get enough but uh the team needed a little bit of time to catch up and so they were granted that and we got this tales of the human target number one uh tom king kevin mcguire mikhail jenning Raphael albuquerque and greg smallwood uh so there's what four different stories in here three stories um yeah yeah, three stories and they each one features a character who's currently a suspect in the uh main book um guy gardner booster gold and that's fire right yep yeah um they're all suspects in the main story and this is you know this is an encounter that each one has um let's not even should we even spoil the end i I mean it's inconsequential i feel like yeah, screw it. We do spoilers yeah. here. It is what it is. Um, each of their first encounters with Human Target while he was on the job. Yeah, I thought it was funny. That, that was that was a cheeky way to, to do that. But I didn't care. Like, I didn't need this book. <laughs> the the excitement's already there for the Human Target. So to see these one-off stories and to see where he first meets them, mm-hmm. if it doesn't have a larger effect to the story, and 
maybe it does maybe it doesn't i'm assuming not because the narrative seems a little bit different it, it felt like a lot of the times this was the first time that they were meeting like I, in particular something like a guy gardner um who i don't remember them mentioning that they had met in the past uh i booster gold i think i think maybe had like a recollection about it but regardless this felt just like a filler episode I mean, that's literally all it is. Mm. My thing is, um, this issue was cute. Like, it, it's good. Like, if you want it for the art, the art's great. Seeing uh, Albuquerque doing some uh, fun Guy Gardner stuff, seeing uh, 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 Kevin McGuire doing more Booster Gold, like, that's never not a cool thing to see. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, Michael Janin does something. I feel very different with the with the work here. Um, yeah. In, in this, yeah. It, it wasn't as sometimes with Michael Janin, it almost feels like he's working on um like default computer uh, <laughs> graphics. If that makes sense, like everyone kind of seems yep. like they have the same skeleton, and then it's adjusted from there. Um, mm -hmm. There was some real depth to it that I haven't seen in a while from him. Um, but in terms of the story, uh, right off the bat. I would be okay with Tom King never writing Booster Gold again. Oh my god, um, <laughs> that was yeah, that was rough. Since Heroes in Fuck Crisis, it, brutal man. Um, Heroes in Crisis and the the starring uh, uh, story of uh, Booster Gold here, um, it is grading, and and I know that's the point of Booster Gold, but like, th there's there's a sweet spot to make me realize he's a grading and annoying person without having me not want to read it you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah he's also likable to a certain degree like not here though yeah one one tendency i feel tom king has with these um characters who you know the ip characters is that he identifies what he thinks their core the core tenets of their personality are and then that's what he does over and over and over and over again Whenever, you know, Tom King does Booster Gold, he's the exact same Booster Gold, and it's the big picture thing you think of when you think of Booster Gold, and that's all. I think the only character I can think of that he didn't do that with is Batman, but he had a very specific point to make about Batman. But every single time we see Guy Gardner, it's the exact same Guy Gardner with the same annoying, uh, you know, personality Bravado to to his um to tom king's uh strength though like i think sometimes he's very good at finding out what that cornerstone is to that character yeah like i i enjoy his guy gardner i think that is that is who guy gardner is especially in the human target stuff outside of this issue um there are striations and wrinkles to guy gardner but uh when he's a side character maybe you don't have time to actually get into that um Booster Gold, I think he got the wrong cornerstone. You know, it's too much. It's too yeah. much. It's all so condensed and like in the pages. I, I didn't feel like I needed it. It, 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 it was a, a abrasive. Yeah, and you guys know how I feel about robot dialogue in comics. And <laughs> there were pages where there were so many dialogue balloons, and some of them were taking place. And what we were seeing on the page, but then some of them were not. They were from the conversation he's having with Ice. 
and both characters, uh, Booster and um, what's his name, Skittles, Skeets, uh, Skeets, Skeets. Yeah. Oh, there, there you go again, Matt. Um, yeah. <laughs> like they're episode. they're they're both talking to each other in the past and in the present. That was just too much, way too much. Did anyone else get confused by that? Because it would catch me off guard sometimes. I would have to reread a panel or reread something. The, the first time they did it, I was like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And I got a little confused, and I was like, oh, the voice is still Booster Gold, so I can keep up with it. And then I understood yeah. where they were going, but yeah, I, I was a little confused. Oh, originally. yeah. yeah. The, the ultimate reveal, uh, I mean, it came to me, I guess, like maybe a little less than halfway through the book where it was going. And once I realized it, it was like, all right, which so, so what? Which reveal? The ice that, reveal or the fact that this is the human target? The fact that they were all okay. human target. Um, it was like, okay, so what? And then the ice reveal, I feel like it's fine. But if this book wasn't planned already, then who cares what happened, what they reveal at the end? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's a core idea that's going to it's going to get where it's going, independent of this book's existence. Meaning that what we saw with ice doesn't matter. So what did this exist for? As you got, as you said, this is literally intended to be filler. But I, I don't know. I was hoping for something to hang on to to take into the series when it comes back. Same. Yeah. And the even the ice stuff is nothing. Um. I think it adds a little thing that, like, I know we know she's up to something in the main book, but I think this shows that there's a little more premeditation involved. Right. Um, that's what I got out of it. I mean, for me, this this issue is not, it's not a sum of its parts. Like, if you take all these things individually, like, I think the the Guy Gardner and the um, Ice story are, are fine one-shot stories, really. The Who's Fire story. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, I got them mixed up. Um, but those are fine stories. I really didn't like the Booster Gold one, even with the the uh, Kevin Maguire art. Um, but I will say, seeing those like pinups of the major characters by Smallwood, and then those like end panels with Ice, I was like, mm -hmm. that's what I miss. Yeah, I miss some Smallwood. I mean, wow, <sighs> Tyler, listen. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> Matt. This was a, a really great-looking comic, maybe the best of all the ones we read uh, from a visual standpoint because we got, you know, several really talented artists. Um, all, the, all, the, all the artists is phenomenal in this book, and it's one of the human target's biggest strengths, so it, it better look good. I just wish I cared more about the individual stories. Like, the fire one was nice because I don't know who fire is. So seeing that, you know, she is this super crazy loyal person to the literal end. It was creepy, but, <laughs> you know, if that's who she is, then okay. Wow, okay, I didn't know that. Um, but all the other ones, I just I just couldn't get into. I wonder how that does play into the ultimate reveal, because we haven't yet met Fire, right? Like, we're we're leading up to that, if I remember correctly. And so... It'll be curious to see, now that we know something about her like that, about her personality, it'd be interesting to see how that gets played into issue seven and beyond. Well, I think what we learned is that you can you can extrapolate her loyalty in this situation and potentially apply it to ICE. 
Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. So she's not a reliable person for human target to be interacting with either because she's going to stand for ice. Right. Um, I want to unfortunately pass. The art is phenomenal. And I, th I thought Tom King's dialogue, especially in the fire story, was really good. The booster stuff was grating and annoying. But the fire part I thought was really good from a dialogue standpoint. It doesn't do anything wrong as much as it's just it's a it's a filler story. Like there's nothing more to say about it. It's it's filler. Yeah. If you can if you want that, if you want to see great art, buy it. But for me, I would say pass. It's not worth it. Uh, the twist worked for me. The first one, the the Christopher Chance twist. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it coming, but um, the journey there was very frustrating. Mm. And then once you have it, it's not really a big deal. Um, right. So it's it's hard to say. Like, if you're missing Human Target, pick this up. Because it's going to be back soon, In and we've month. waited this long. Yeah. yeah. Um, and frankly, like, uh, all due respect to these artists, like Smallwood's the, you know, attraction for that book, man. Yeah. Like, yep. Like, I almost want to say pull for the cover alone. That cover is insane. Uh, the A cover, the Smallwood, yeah, yeah. Uh, pink lemonade looking cover. Oh, it's just. <laughs> Looks I don't like see a, that in comics, really, let alone let alone big two comics. So looks uh, like Trix yogurt. I want to say pass. Yeah, I think so. Pass, just because I, I I didn't want something filler like this. I wanted something with more substance that would inform the actual uh, series because I've been enjoying that series so much, and there's so many layers to it that something to that was additive would be much better than this. And uh, to Kale's point. I'm in it for the Smallwood art. As much as these guys are great, uh, that's what I want to see. Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's get into the first of two books that we're going to be doing from one Rom V. Uh, we're going to start with Detective Comics number 1063. So we got Rom V, of course, the writer here, and another dose of uh, Raphael Albuquerque as well. Uh, go figure. Dave Stewart on colors. He was also on colors in the Human Target story. Um, and then the letterer here is Ariana Mayer. Can I start because I mm, I don't Ooh. know, man. Ooh. Okay. Go, go, All go. right. I cannot do this Batman dialogue. Oh, okay. I can't do it. Batman is talking with so much uh f so many flowery words almost like almost uh, uh um spirit almost spiritual in terms of how you know flowery they are and that's not how batman talks it's just not and i don't care what the reason is that you're doing it it's just not what batman sounds like and it's like the opposite of what tom king is doing with you know some of the characters that we mentioned earlier he's not even trying to 
make Bruce or Batman sound like Bruce or Batman. It, and it, I can't get with it. It feels like a carryover of Swamp Thing where he's using this, yeah. like, right? And and yeah. that's very much the, the sense that I got was like, hold on, this feels, this could work, but this feels misplaced for the character. This I could see doing for some, uh, someone who is more introspective, someone who can reflect, someone who mm-hmm. like, has these larger concepts to work off of. But Batman's he's closer to the ground. He's not going to be talking about the like the wrath of my. They, it's not my wrath they're running from. It is not the Penguin or Enigma or any of the usual devils. Like it's just it's a it's a lot. Cardine's words linger, as does his music. Heavy bars, slung from impossible chords that will not leave my ears. You know that thought we've all had about a good song. <laughs> Yeah. The new Mountain Goats album, just, you know, a bop in your head. Is there an album? It's a good one. It's yeah. really good. All right, check it out. Yeah, I'm I'm having trouble with this one, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> it looks great. I love the way it looks, especially like that, oh, that yeah. Barbados uh, page that mm-hmm. uh, that's in there. But, like, it doesn't read as Batman to me. It reads super foreign. And, and like, I don't mind this storytelling in a Batman story as long as Batman is Batman. You know, like, this can work. You know, similar like Court of Owls kind of had the same kind of air to it originally. Dude, um, how, many, how many mystical, supernatural villains does Batman have? The whole point is that Batman is the yeah. logic. Batman's the reason. Batman's flat. He doesn't go up or down. He's just Batman. And the world around him can be different and it can change and evolve, but he's Batman. The the only thing that I was like, you know what, maybe there is a in-text explanation for that is that whole, like, idea of the black noise and how, like, it could be bringing something to the forefront that you didn't know was there. So maybe there's some kind of latent Barbados within Batman that is taking over him that's changing him. Again, maybe I'm stretching here, but that, that's like the a brown only thing you get out of it. Uh, ooh, brown notes very different. <laughs> um, Is it? That makes it you bring something pants. out of you you didn't know oh. was there. Oh, oh. I, I think uh, I think there could be something there, but not to the extent at which this is like him yeah. narrating. I, I feel like if there was something, I think the 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 Barbados page where he's like just down on the ground and uh, uh, this visage of his terrific like a terrifying bat is over him that works that i think makes sense in the context of like something Mm -hmm. is 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 hanging over him and he's feeling the weight of it i think that thematically could work with the with the black noise yeah that was a beautiful page and then like the the spittle that batman has this book is reading very much like a horror book and i think he needs to lean into that a little bit more and that mysticism that mystical element could be leveraged for that but he's not using it for that. He's using it to describe Batman's world and to describe Batman's actions versus implying a horror there or implying some sort of uh, terrible act. My other I issue. think if there were a... Oh, sorry, just quickly. I think if there were a framing device on this too, mm. I think that would help that a lot. Mm. Yeah. And my other issue is, that is it more of a continuity issue, but like this Harvey Dent, like I don't know when all this change to Harvey happened. Um, I was going to ask about that. Like the gold yeah. mask. Like I'm reading Task Force Z right now. He's kind of normal Harvey Dent. <laughs> um, 
in that. Uh, like, and at, like at one point, he like Bruce sits down with him, and like he knows Bruce is Batman. Was that how I was reading that correctly? I got that impression. Yeah. Which I don't remember that being a thing either. <laughs> um, that might be a thing that's I always off and on, but I don't know where think, it currently yeah, stands. Yeah, yeah. Um, that didn't that didn't strike me because I I assume I always assume Harvey knows. Harvey's okay. Harvey and Joker. Well, Harvey and Joker are the ones I think know. But I always the, thought it was yeah. like Harvey knows, Two Face doesn't know. That sort of situation. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Um, now that so everything I've said before is definitely how I felt until the story became more about Harvey. I said the other day. Where's Harvey Dent? Like, Two-Face has never been the bad guy, the main guy of any Batman I've ever read uh, since I started reading comics. So I was like, okay, cool to see him. Don't like his dialogue. He sounds like a thespian. Um, then things things progress, and we see a little bit more of him, and I'm like, oh, shit, all right. So he's got the he's got the... The Two Face personality, right? The the uh, what's it called? The um, Big Bad Harv from the from the animated series. Yeah, yeah. Big he's, Bad Harv. He's got that going on, and that's the only thing that could potentially save him from this crazy shit that these mystical supernatural weirdos uh, have doused Harvey with. So I'm compelled by that. I want to see where that's gonna go. So you were good for like three pages in this thing then. Yes. <laughs> but I've seen Harvey Dent in a Batman comic very few times in my life. So anytime that he's a part of it, that's going to get me up. What? You heard what I said. Okay. All right. <laughs> Two things. It, make, it makes him erect. <laughs> Harvey Dent. Jean Grey. Cheetah. One more than the other. Oh, but which one? I'll never tell. <laughs> uh, also, why did this dude have just a piano out and playing it in a in Arkham Asylum? Why Where, was he allowed to do yeah, that? Yeah, what do they give those people in Arkham Asylum? Like, what they just like? Mister Freeze gets his whole frozen cell with you know. Like, well, he needs it to live. That I get, okay, but this get dude's that, just but... casually, you know, regaling Arkham with the the sounds of his piano play. You literally kill Maybe people with nice. piano wire. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping it was the music maestro from uh, Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Because um, I don't think he's... Uh, no, he's made an appearance in, in the comics before. But uh, That, that honestly, that, that bit where Batman interrogates that, the, the maestro or whatever, um, that was the only time where I was like, oh, this feels like something Batman would do. Outside of that, I wasn't really feeling it. Hmm. And these anonymous villains, like, this doesn't have... Like, when the Court of Owls uh, came around, they were interesting because we didn't know anything. And there was, like, this whole myth built up around. Mm -hmm. And you knew that before you knew anything else. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and they were, like, anonymous Gothamites or ri the rich elite of Gotham mm -hmm. or whatever. So it roots it in Gotham. These people are like, they came from who knows where. 
to do who knows what, to sow discord because their family is legacy of Arkham or whatever the hell. I don't care yet. They're not interesting personality-wise. Um, and I don't really have any connection to them yet. It's only been two issues, so I don't want to like close the door on them, but they're not doing it for me right now. Yeah, I'm I'm a lot more interested in the supernatural aspect of what's happening to Batman. Yeah. More than basically anything else. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um I'm going to hang on to this one. I'm going to say pull one last time. It, it it's it's interesting even if I don't agree with the voice of Batman. And I'm not compelled by the villains. I think the Harvey stuff's really good. I think the art's really good. And it's Rom V. Rom V always deserves, you know, a lot of rope. So Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in it for Rom. If it, if it wasn't for that, I would probably have been out in that first issue just because I wasn't as high on it as you guys. Um so I I'm gonna give like this it. I'm gonna give it probably one more shot. I'll I'll give it one more shot, but I gotta say, the the size barrier Danny backup. Almost worth the price of admission. I really like that stuff. It's a Danny Danny drawn Gordon comic. So Danny, like, incredible artist, oh, absolutely incredible love artist. Danny. Love Danny. I but I'm I'm not I'm not caring about the story. Like the backup for me works in art alone at the moment. Fair, fair. Does it not look like she's doing almost like a uh, uh, stuff without outline, but it looks like an early Frank Miller? Oh, it it, yeah. it feels very much like a, like a Sin City right? sort of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm eating this thing up, man. It's so good. <laughs> Matt will say, "Y'all will say one more shot and review every future issue." <laughs> 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 I mean, that's 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 how um um uh, violent uh, relationships work, Matt. Wow, what violent? Why did you choose violent? No reason. Oh, it's Batman. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Kel. Uh-huh. So that brings us to the last book this week, which is the end of, well, the presumed end of the run on Swamp Thing from Rom V, Mike and Mike, Perkins and Spicer, and indeed Yabitikar on letters. Swamp Thing number 16. Now, I noticed that none of us have mentioned any of the prior books being our book of the week. So I'm assuming, unless someone forgot, unless we oh, forgot, oh, no, that I we're forgot, all yeah. saying we're all calling. <laughs> Completely this. forgot. Okay. Completely forgot. <laughs> okay. No, I I had a lot of problems with this book. <laughs> um for for me this book this week so far was uh very middle of the road. Um yeah. nothing where I was like, oh that was fucking great. Um, that I forgot that I can like things and, and say it's my pick of the week. Same. <laughs> it was a dub, bro. Really? Yeah. I, I think the one I enjoyed the most, if I had to pick one, probably Judgment Day at this point. And I, I think had problems with yeah. it. That would be mine. Fuck me. Mine might be Human Target. <laughs> this was mine. Really? Can't, can't win them all. Yeah. yeah, this was mine. So... This is the big end for the Swamp Thing. I think we've all acknowledged the ways in which it went off the rails. Um, I'm going to say that I thought they stuck the landing. 
I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Thematically, at least. Thematically. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 introduction, the first maybe two three pages caught me because it felt very much as like a a more classic Swamp Thing story. You're you're looking at a smaller part of America and there's this larger existential threat that is looming over them and and they're they're meant to be filled with this fear and that worked that worked really well, and then, uh, I don't know. Then the conversation with Trinity and the Parliament of Gears, I didn't. I understood the the ideas, but I don't think that they were presented in a very clear way, and you had to like really stretch for some of them. The this concept of uh, destruction and having to choose between that or a process of creation, get it? I mean, it makes sense, but I think it could have been done in a in a cleaner way that tied into the the larger themes that the book has been having trying to to, to tell. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was, wasn't it? That, yeah, that was sort of my thing for me, is I wonder how this, the at, at least this arc will play in, in the trade. Yeah. Um, because this, to me, felt like the summary wrap-up of the whole thing. And especially in the way swampy was just explaining everything um so you know i i sort of want to go back and see if i can see what ron was trying to plant so to speak in the you know the rest of the issues um but it also <laughs> that's more of an exercise as much as I don't want to read it again. For me, I felt like it was, it, it oversimplified everything at the end. Mm. Um, it's like we had these really insightful ideas of, you know, like, um, I guess one of the overarching themes throughout this run was the, uh, the choice of, you know, whether or not Levi wants to be the avatar of the green and like how he, how he goes about being his own version of it. Um, and then it just being about, you know, like, oh, this whole story was about choice. And, and, and the, the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, the method of telling that, uh, just being Swamp Thing uh, dictating it to us, if it was a little ham-fisted. It was more like a show me, don't tell me sort of situation. Um, but again, like, how do you do that when it comes to a character's feelings? Like I said, you have to tell. Um, but... I don't know. I did like the 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 idea of the switching of the Parliament of Gears. So that was a good a good thing. How like innovation could also be uh, a positive. It can be this all-consuming um, evil thing that just breaks down everything in its path, just for the sake of innovation. Or it can be the advancement of people and ideas and hope. Um, and how that's two sides of the same coin. I thought that was a good thing. That I kind of wish they would have. Uh, expanded upon a little more and I like how Trinity is now the avatar too um, I thought that was good um, I don't know it just felt a little too happy for me at the end <laughs> like that, that one page where he's just like standing in the green smiling like I never saw Swamp Thing that happy you might I don't know if that, how that made you feel Marco but oh the 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 page 
the yeah, thing. Yeah. That's actually a callback. That's uh, th- That happens in um, uh, another book. Okay. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I don't have the, the encyclopedic have, knowledge of it. Let me let me find it. Hold on. You probably do. I want to find I your do. other your other thing too, Marco. Let's see what the the which one? Your little test. Did you did you read that at all? Oh, oh. yeah. I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Okay. All right. Cool. Oh, okay. I'm good. Passed. COVID test, by the way, people. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. I'm sicky poo this week. Uh. So Tyler, you know, I think you you mentioned that the book addresses that innovation can be creative or destructive um and that was something that i was worried about in earlier issues where i was saying this doesn't make any sense to me because industry is not unilaterally bad um and i thought the book was presenting it in that way and i didn't like that and so it turned the corner on that which is something that bothered me but also i feel like this was a story about creators and the governance of creativity by corporations um and how and i know look you could say it's a stretch but the way that greed which that dude ultimately is just like greed personified is the thing that kills the innovator's ability to create that's what i got out of this book I got that in the sense of industry and it but industry alone like because it is a personification of the idea of innovation and gears right like the turning of the creation the process and all that i think i i kept it relegated only to the the manufacturing and industry end i can see the argument for like it being kind of a i guess like a like a, a meta conversation about creators and how that the corporation can get in the way in that but i think because it is uh, the idea of industry, I think that's where I would relegate it to. See, I don't think it's just that, though, because the person who created the nuclear bomb is a creator. And that was that nuclear power is one of the things that allows the world to function. But it also is, is the most destructive act humanity has ever uh uh, it's the most vile act in the history of humanity. So I think that's why uh, Trinity was chosen, because it represents those two things. Mm-hmm. She represents those two things. Mm. The book went from being like, I don't really understand what's going on. I don't like the messaging. I don't know. I don't get it to the final issue. And now I think this was brilliant the whole time. I think it deserves a reread in that sense of like understanding how those things break out because I think the path yeah. to get here was more confusing than the end message ended up, ended up being. I think to your point, Kale, it might read better in trade. That's kind of how I felt while reading this because I'm like, uh, week to week, I'm kind of losing the threads and I kind of want to see where it all fits together. Well, month to month. Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Even worse, I don't remember anything that happened. I remember <laughs> Green Lantern showed up. I remember that. I will say, fucking a- aliens or some shit. Both the yeah that that also didn't really resolve too well. They just they were just there the whole time. Um, but uh, Mike and Mike, Mike Spicer and Mike Perkins, killing it throughout this whole series. Yeah, MVPs. This is, uh, this is Perkins is like 
best showing I've seen in comics. Yeah, absolutely. Star Perkins was already a, a good hand uh, to use a, a wrestling phrase, but I think this was a star making series. Like, I can't wait to see where Perkins goes from here. Um, and Perkins and Spicer, they got to work together again. They need to continue this Absolutely. relationship because Absolutely. I really feel like Spicer brings out the best yep. in Perkins. I think t typically Perkins is colored uh, muddily, I feel. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And this is almost the opposite of that, which I think works so much better. Yeah. Like, I feel like Spicer literally is bringing life to these, to these pages. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, look at this. Right here, this simple page. Look at that guy's face. The 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 personification of greed and the green coming through. Mm. Think about what that could look like if it was colored by other people. That could it look, look like mid two thousands carnage books. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Ew. No, but exactly. That was that was Perkins. That was yeah. that was Perkins, right? That, exactly. Like shininess, right? There was like a shine mm -hmm. to it and like a sheen. Oh, I hate that. Everything shit. is just a shade of brown. Ugh. Maybe a little red thrown there. Maybe a mahogany. And I and you know I love that it ended on a happy note. I thought that was awesome. Um, it's a happy note, but it's also a reminder that you know these problems, just like these ideas, are never ending, and there will always be a battle to be fought. But hey, there will always be a swamp thing. And today, in the battle of ideas, you know, humanity, creativity, love—they won out, and that's something to be celebrated. Can I throw a question out there for you guys? Yeah. Where do you think Levi as Swamp Thing goes from here? Do you think it continues? Nah, dude. Uh, that's one of the disappointing things uh, is I feel like after this, we're just going to go back to Alec Holland. I don't know that somebody's going to pick up Levi necessarily because it's been the scenario where um, the 2000s arc was all Tefe and that uh, was Brian K. Vaughn. And nobody really picked up from there. Tefe was actually gone for a few, like for a few years at that point in continuity. So I think that this is the probably the first and last time we'll see him. Maybe we'll see him as like a parliament member in some off story. But I don't see this being a protagonist moving forward for the DC universe. And just Levi as a character seems like a very Ram V, like a personal decision. That too. Um, I hope yeah. to see him more. I think you know. No offense, Marco, but again, I haven't read a lot of Swamp Thing, but like Alec Holland's a little too vanilla. Um, I like the literally, some, bro. This is a little more a uh, modern interpretation of a character. So, yeah, I I dug it. I dug the fact that it was a different kind of character. Uh, it was a, a just a different person in general. I think that that can only benefit the legacy of the Swamp Thing because it's an avatar. It's meant to change. It's meant to adapt. It's meant to grow the same way that the parliament does. Like that's one of the themes is everlasting growth mm. and everlasting change. Nothing's going to be static because nothing ever is. Paul, book of the week. I think it was a great finale. I think this conversation turned me more onto it. So thank you, Sean, for that. Mm. You're welcome. I, I kind of agree, actually, Marco. Now that I'm, wow. I think I do too, but only to the fact of when it comes out, maybe I'll give it more of a chance than I want to. <laughs> I would like, if this is a collection to like a, a deluxe hardcover, instant get for me. Something I definitely sure. want. 
Um, <laughs> and Matt says, thank God it's over. Matt, I, I would say pick this up pick this up and trade. I think you might actually like it. But After Matt, was this was this here and I talk about it. Was this a better review? You always talk about how sleepy we are. Was this a was this a better <laughs> way to go out with this book or what? Um so that's going to do it for our reviews this week. But that's not the end of the show because someone here <laughs> has had a tag on their back. Ooh. For three weeks. Ooh. Marco. Call me the human target, baby. You got that target on my back. And we're coming for you. Hey, yo. Um, yes, I was tagged to read the, <clears throat> as much as I could or wanted, of uh, Grant Morrison's Batman. And I was particularly told by Sean to pay attention to the art. Uh, let me tell you, I had fun bro i i think i ended up reading like five six issues mm. um i think oh you're uh, not even into the good stuff then dude i didn't I, I the the introduction of damien was very interesting i didn't know that that was the first appearance i didn't know it was a a, a, a gmo creation so that was cool the the um the entire issue where they're fighting in the art museum and oh it's a mm -hmm. th there's a there's a comment that uh, Bruce makes where it's like, oh, I'm not, you know, I can't, I'm not into all this high art, you know, I'm, I'm more about the, I forget, and he starts naming off whatever artists, and uh, I'm like, oh, cheeky, cheeky, uh, Morrison, and the, actually, I took screenshots. Wait, who does he name off? I'm curious. What you know that is? I, I want to look, I want to look it up. I want to see what artist uh, Bruce Wayne is into. Uh, is he and... into, like, Dada? Or is that no, too? it was a, it was a little less than that, but, um, Oh, and uh, I, I like Hubert. I like the Hubert brothers a lot. And I think what they bring to comics is a bit of cartooniness, but also some caricature. And I really appreciate that because I think it, it makes for phenomenal facial expressions. I'm going to try this. Let's see if this works. Oh, <laughs> um, but there are moments where, come on, baby. Yeah, it's getting there. Uh, right. Good enough where like the faces the the facial structure the way the eyes are bulging it's meant to like display this horror great stuff um uh, there's some good stuff that the panels do for example here we see come on baby get in there it says over here just closer and then we zoom in and then the next panel is literally just a little closer I'm like all right congrats this uh bam oh, yes yes phenomenal i was like all yeah. right bro we get it you're you're doing good shit here and the story is just uh really compelling it's it's in comparison to the um 1063 that we just read from ron b he uh there's no i think dialogue box that's in the way things are are laid out very very cleanly the narrative of the story is um frankly the 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 cliffhangers are fun they they grip you i'm having a, i was having a lot of fun i'm gonna keep reading this because i was having genuinely a lot of fun with it morrison's batman just feels deliberate in every sense um, of it yeah man and i think yeah. i get to choose now and so i've been thinking about this and you had long enough <laughs> i want i wanted to tag uh sean with something because oh. i think tyler's probably already read it but i think back. also tyler would get more of a kick out of this already 
So if I haven't I read it, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll jump in. Wait, Marco, can and, you even hear us? Hold on, wait. I can't hear now. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, wait, we're responding to you. Okay, there we go. What did you say, Tyler? No, I, I said I said if it's something I haven't read, then maybe I'll jump in. Uh, um, have you read Olympia? What is that? Kurt Pyers and Tony Pyers. They two brothers. They it's a it's a book about a uh, a superhero in a comic book that pops out into the world of that is going on in, in this story um and the character discovers that he is a comic book character and has an existential crisis about it um so i'm like okay this feels meta enough for sean i think and That's it's compelling it's five issues so super short you don't have to read all of them the first one is free on comics Legend Unlimited. if you haven't yet uh unsubscribe i still haven't unsubscribed so. <laughs> right. so you can read the first one um and then if you're if you like it if the premise is interesting enough uh, it's a double-sized first issue so a lot of content and um yeah then uh, i would i would recommend you get the rest of it because i i genuinely had a lot of fun this was one of my books of the year i think in like 2019 or 2018 whenever I rem- it came out i remember you talking about this book right it had to have been on this podcast it absolutely was. I was I was picking up every issue. And uh, do I remember iFanboy talking about this too at the time? Maybe, but it genuinely was a lot, a lot of fun. And um, I think the the way that it, it alludes to a lot of Kirby art. So a lot of this is inspired by Jack Kirby. A lot of this is inspired by like cl- more classic comics. Um, I remember you talking about this now too. Yeah. 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 Uh, genuinely. A lot, a lot of fun. This feels like a love letter to comic books, which is uh, a lot of a lot of stuff. All right, I will read it, and I will report back next week. But are we just gonna let Marco get away with Whoa. three weeks Whoa. worth of uh, tardiness here? It's got to be some kind of punishment. We fucking let you get away with not doing it. So I don't know. Uh, Marco, do you want to do a punishment? You you made me read a racist comic, so I feel like I'm 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 out of the woods on that. Well, there is a difference though. Yours was negligence. Marco's was capitalism. He, he had it ready. He had yeah. it ready. My shit was the uh, Parliament of Gears fucking my shit up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. That Plus, brings I feel us like in. Marco the... likes punishments too, so I don't want to please him in any way. So kink. <laughs> That's punishment enough. <laughs> that no. that brings us into pals pulls for you know, as we said, a kind of a you know week that's pretty dry, as dry as it is in California or wherever it's dry in the country. Moines. Uh, I mean that women I talk to on Tinder. Oh. Um, <laughs> as dry as your DMs. As yeah, as dry as my DMs. Uh, <laughs> Still learning how to do that again. Not 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 doing too well. Um, let's talk about a really really interesting fifth week uh, because this is probably the smallest pals polls that <laughs> I've uh, had to put together. Um, Sean, do you want to mention what we talked about? Uh, you know, uh, earlier in the week uh, off mic, what we wanted to do because next week might be a good week to do that. Yes, yes, that's a good point. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, so we want to open up a slot for you guys to choose a book that we read we want to institute a listener pick for pals pulls so really simple all you have to do 
is on Twitter. You can add us. Tell us what book you want. If you're on the Discord, you can put it there. Wherever you can leave us a comment, wherever you can engage with us, you tell us what book you think we should read next week. Issue. 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 Yeah. A, 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 yeah. A book that's coming out that week. One issue that's dropping that week. Let's say, for example, you are a big fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and a new arc is starting and you think that we should jump on for whatever the reason is. We will do it if we pick you. So if your pick is compelling, if enough people choose it too, or we just really like it, we will do that next week on the show. So wow. submit your picks now. But to see what we're also talking about next week, um, uh, Sean, uh, you and I both pick Thunderbolts number one. This has been a while coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really has. Um I don't know if that's due to solicits just being so far out sometimes or they wanted lead time to try to get people excited for the book. But uh, they announced it, I think, spinning out of Dark Rain, right? Or Dark Rain. Devil's Rain. Yeah, which Devil's Rain ended, what, like three months ago? <laughs> yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to see what this is. It's a Hawkeye-led Thunderbolts team. Uh, it's a weird lineup. It's not a typical villain lineup. Um. It's Photon and Hawkeye, um, two people I like. So we'll, we'll see. Um, then all of us, did, did, was this all of us or at least three of us? I um, only had picked. one pull. Okay, oh, so it was me, me I, and Marco then. I didn't have any other one, so I'm just like, I guess I'll toss this on. Uh, Ant-Man <laughs> number two, Al Ewing, Tom Riley, Jordy Blair. Uh, I picked it because this is a freaking Eric O'Grady issue, and Eric O'Grady is my favorite Ant-Man. So uh, always happy to see more of him. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what you think of Eric Grady Marco. Okay, yeah, I haven't I haven't heard of that art. I mean, this for me is Riley all the way. Yeah, but I'm down. And uh, Kale, you picked a New Burn Volume One. This is by Chip Zdarsky and Jacob Phillips. Yeah, this is uh, Zdarsky's uh, Columbo ripoff. Um, <laughs> I'm into it. I'm having a good time. I enjoyed. Uh, I think I read up to uh, issue four, so I'm excited to get in and see uh, see see how it ends and and maybe figure out what the hell cubic zirconia was that backup that was in it. I never got that. I didn't understand what that was, but I really like Newburn. I think you're gonna you're gonna like if you cat when you catch up. I think you're gonna like it. Yeah. Oh, you're reading it, Marco. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm still reading it. Okay. I'm not caught up all the way, but I'm like maybe like two, three issues back. And uh, Kelly also picked Astro City Metro Book number two. Yeah. So this one it's it's uh, specifically for Catherine. It's another hmm. uh, catch up on Astro City. Um, and this one has probably my favorite Astro City story. Uh, which I can't remember the name of. But it's about it's about a, a former uh, thug, you know, villain thug, who is made of metal and can't be hurt, and he has to save the world. Um, it's incredible. It's one of my favorite stories. It's got a lot of emotion to it. It's got a lot of uh, real, you know, old guy thinking about his past and. Um, using it to fuel the future and stuff i i really love this uh this story 
You ever think this gets uh, adapt- adapted into film or TV? No. No? I, I guess it could, but... Like an anthology not sort any, of thing? Like a, like a love, yeah. death, and robot situation? Or... Ooh, yeah. Not in any way that would be good. And not even like a limited yeah. series? I could see it as that. I mean, I thought that would, I, I thought the same with so. Sandman, and I fucking love that show. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't trust myself anymore. Um, and then, uh, Marco, how, how, how will I pronounce this? Showed? Oh, I don't know. I, I was I was going by S S H W D Special Hazardous Waste Disposal. Oh, okay. This is a Yuri book, so uh, some lady action, uh, romance specifically, and um, it, this company, the Special Hazardous Waste Disposal, hires mostly men. Uh, the only two women that they hire get put onto a team, and one of them falls for the other, and um, that's it. Yeah, that's premise for Marco. Yep, Why does this has... woman? have on the cover she mm-hmm. has a rob liefeld captain america chest uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> you are correct wild love to see american classics being adapted in uh <laughs> in, in, in the in, in the east the 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 superhero genre just prevalent everywhere man you know yep. you can't escape it super bosoms i uh and, and i found the uh the page here this is Oh, I've seen that page. Okay. Yeah. He's just okay. sunning his holes, as they say, right? Uh-huh. As they say. As they yep. say. Sean, all do you right, sun your holes? All right, all right. We'll get into the show. Never mind. Never mind. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we'll be back Saturday to talk about more comics, comic book news, and the like uh, on the main show, which you can catch live on Twitch at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. If you want to catch this show live next Thursday, where we're going to review something, right? We're going to review (laughs) some comics. I think Ant-Man is the only definite at this point in Thunderbolts, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be sick next week. Okay. Hanging out with the people Marco's hanging out with? That listener uh, suggestion might be hot. We don't know. Could be good. We'll see. Uh, Tune in to find out next week, Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh... Patreon.com slash the comics pals for as little as three dollars a month. You can support your boys, get our newsletter. Uh, you can get our after show palling around. You can get your name shouted out on the main show. Lots of cool stuff available to you for being a member of our Patreon page. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. Till next time, take care, guys. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>